You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. And off and running on this Monday, October 12th. Good morning. Welcome in. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. I'm not exactly sure how you would have had a wonderful but maybe. I guess it's technically possible, right? This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. I mean, look, we got way too much to squeeze in in simply 60 minutes, but let's give it a go. We'll jump right in. Who knows how much we'll get to. But, of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question for today. Well, look, the bad news is the Yankees season is over. Ended on Friday night. The worst news is that the Jets and Giants season is just getting started, really. It's not even at the halfway point. And you could, I could have a poll question today simply of which is worse, and it would be kind of a tough call. But let's start with the football because that's what happened yesterday. The NFL, where any given Sunday, except when it involves the Jets or Giants, forget about any given Sunday where a bad team can beat a good team. With the Jets and Giants, it's every single Sunday that they lose. The Giants, though, of course, came close. If they ever expand the standings page to include moral victories, Giants would be in great shape. You could you could really tack on another moral victory this week and that week. And if you could ever convert a number of, like, I don't know what the, the, the transfer rate is, right? But if you could t- get a certain amount of moral victories and then cash those in for an actual victory, who knows? You might be able to win the NFC East. If you can get enough moral victories to equal maybe six actual wins, that might take the division. But, uh, of course, the Giants lost the Cowboys yesterday. 37 to 34, a game. I said we don't have enough time to, to get through everything that there is to get to on this Monday. You could spend the entire show just on that Giants and Cowboys game yesterday, the back and forth nature, the good start for the Giants early on, another loss, Dak Prescott going down with that. Ooh, my yikes. That ugly scene. Tony Romo, who has done a fantastic job of predicting things and seeing things before they happen. His uh, maybe it's just a cramp, and then immediately they show the ankle of Dak Prescott, and oh, yikes, that was ugly. Uh, so hopefully, you know, obviously heartbreaking for him with the contract stuff and everything else. But hopefully, uh, you would think a fractured bone. It seemed like some people were making it out like it was. It's not a career-threatening injury. He'll recover from it and eventually be back. Not this year, but he will eventually be back. But uh, in terms of the Giants and, and typical Giant game, right? Did some good things, like that they opened up the playbook some. They got Evan Ingram involved early on. Slayton was a factor. Had that uh, that early flea flicker. The fake field goal for a touchdown that got called back, which seemed a little shaky there in terms of the call. Uh, the pass, I mean, they had the best running game that they've had all season. They had the pass to, the, to, to Andrew Thomas for a score there. So you looked at that game yesterday, maybe you didn't, but I thought to myself when, when the Giants were actually running the ball fairly effectively, far more effectively than they have at any other point this year. Boy, if they had still had Saquon, that was, that was the type of game that Saquon would have had a monster game. But you have to kind of keep in mind, it is against the Cowboys defense, right? So it, coming into this game, it was like, what's worse, the Giants offense or the Cowboys defense? So I guess the Cowboys' defense, I guess, gets a win for that one because the Giants couldn't get an actual win. And what's the best thing that we've said about the Giants that they have going for themselves all year? 
They play almost always immediately following the Jets. So that's the good news. The bad news is, is even watching a game like yesterday, is not only did they not win, but what was the big thing coming into the year, right? Not just that they were going to show improvement, but you wanted to see improvement from the quarterback. Where is Daniel Jones going to be? Showed some good things in year one. Showed some obviously very glaring areas of need protecting the football. And you thought because it was such a glaring area that it would be, it was so easily identifiable that it would be easily correctable. And it's not. Because the quarterback, you you can go through the giant season all you want about this thing's an improvement, that thing's an improvement. The quarterback has not shown any improvement. There's no other way to say it. Yesterday was the third time this year where the Giants had a chance, had the ball, chance to win the game and uh, are unable to do so. So it's great for Joe Judge to say about he sees improvement in this area and the, the winds are going to come. Can you inform me when the winds are going to come? Are the winds going to show up before the hog mollies? Is it, can, do we have any update on that? Because 154 to go, right? They had the ball at their 24 and a chance to win the game right then and there. And for all that's gone wrong this year, not that yesterday's win would have would have fixed any of that, but at least would have made you feel like, okay, even if it's delusion, even if it's delusion, fans sometimes they just want delusion. Just they, they just want something that they can believe in. So if you had been able to to take the ball and drive the ball and kick a field goal, something, even if you ended up losing the game, I think that you could have looked at that and said, yeah, you know what? At least we got this. At least we got that. You had five plays and you punted. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And the quarterback, I mean, it's not the ugliest numbers in the world. But 20 of 33 for 222, no touchdowns and no interceptions against what most people feel like is a a, a god-awful defense. Those, Those numbers just simply are not good enough. That's not showing signs of improvement. And... You have to factor in, had another fumble, another fumble loss. So now in, I think it's 18 games, he's had 31 turnovers. In 18 games, he's had 17 fumbles lost, I think it is. Or no, 17 fumbles and 14 lost. I mean, look, what I mean, does it really matter? Does it really matter? So that's the one thing that you wanted out of this season, to see improvement. I think you've seen improvement in the defense, mainly because it couldn't have gotten any worse. But in terms of the quarterback, there's been no improvement there. And you have major questions. Now, I don't think the Giants are going to have the number one pick. I don't think the Giants are going to have the number two pick. I do think that they will eventually win some games, but that's too early to say where they're going to want. It's not as clear-cut as another team in town where they're going to wind up. But for a big year, year two, let's see how big a step forward Daniel Jones will make. He's not taking any step forward. Last year, at least, there were games, individual games, where you're like, all right, boom, look at this, look at that. There's not been that this year. And you've had opportunities to win some games, and you have not won any of them. That's bad. That's not, like Even if you just go 50-50, you'd have a couple of wins right now. And they have not been able to do that. So, But, again, one of the, it's kind of hard to crush the Giants when you have another team in town that also has no wins and is so significantly worse. Like the Giants, individual plays, individual moments. I thought at the end of the game yesterday, I thought, you know, I think the Giants are going to be able to pull this one out. At no point, I don't think at any point in any game this year, 
have I thought, you know what? I think the Jets are going to pull this out. I mean, as for the Jets, what can you say? I mean, what can you say that has not already been said? They are the worst. The Giants have points where you think, all right, maybe. Maybe. Maybe if you could do this, maybe. uh, There's a shot. The Jets never have those moments. Yesterday, they lost to the Arizona Cardinals 30-10. to The Cardinals weren't even really good yesterday. They, they eventually got good in the course of the game just because they had so many opportunities. But, oh, my God, that, that game, I'll be honest with you, and I like to be honest with the audience. After the Yankee season ended on Friday night, Saturday, you know, sitting around the house, had a couple of adult beverages, apparently too many adult beverages because Sunday I woke up, you know, wasn't feeling too good. Taking a couple off the dome, you know, woke up the not feeling tip top shape. So I got uh, eventually rolling, had some coffee, sat down on the couch, but still was, you know, dealing with the effects of a hangover. If you've ever wanted to watch an NFL team while recovering from a hangover, the Jets are the team to watch. There's never any loud noises from the announcers. You can, you know, rest your eyes for a few minutes here and there. No fear of ever really missing anything all that important. Yeah, the other team will be scoring, but you don't have to worry about, you know, the Jets doing something that you're going to say, well, that was, uh, that was a play. You're never going to want to miss that, at least not in the positive sense. Let's put it that way. So I, I'm not going to break down the Jet game because what's there to break down? I mean, what, what, what's the point? I mean, we, we've seen it a thousand times before. This year, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, I think this is true. Four of the five games, the Jets have lost all five, obviously. In four of the five, the opponent has scored more than enough points in the first half to win the game just based on their first half offensive performance. They score more points in the first half than the Jets do in both halves. So then after the game, Adam Gase says that, you know, the record really doesn't match up with how the team practices. I mean, you're probably right. The record probably should be much, much worse. I mean, 0-5 does not do justice to just how bad the Jets are. I mean, remember when we had the, 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 the poll question about the, the movie titles describing the Jets? I was thinking about it on Sunday. One that we completely missed, A League of Their Own. That, that, that one really kind of describes the Jets. That's how bad they are. They are so bad. Even with other teams being bad, even with the Giants being 0-5 and, and the worst record over the last three years, all these stuff. They, the Jets are still in a league of their own. So for Adam Gay say, you know, you wouldn't know our record based on the way we practice. Well, you're practicing against the Jets. That might be part of the problem. On Sunday, the Jets became the first team. It's almost like they don't want to win. All right, you're 0-4. You get off to, I don't know, an okay start. You have at least a chance to do something. They punted twice on fourth and ones within the first five minutes of the game. Rich Samini, great uh, Jet beat reporter, tweeted out, I think that was the first time he said it, it's happened in like 50 years or something like that. The Jets are off to their worst start in 24 years. And in case you haven't been paying attention, the last 24 years, not exactly banner years for the New York Jets. So Joe Flacco got the start on, I mean, nothing special there. Not really any big difference. Again, it was never really, there was no point in that game where you thought, all right, here come the Jets. Nothing. Nothing. At no point. 
I saw that Joe Flacco after the game said he's not worried about finger pointing. Of course not. Nobody's pointing fingers at you. The Jets are 0-5 for the first time since 1996. This is according to Rich Samini. They've lost every game by at least nine points. The defense has allowed 27 points in every game. They've been outscored 161-75. to And again, the Cardinals were not even very good yesterday. I had to laugh. At one point, the announcer said the Jets were trying to find their rhythm on offense. What rhythm would that, what song would that be? Friday by Rebecca Black. We built this city by a starship. Oh, my God. What a, I mean, just a nightmare. It just never ends. And at this point, like in history, the Jets are known and they'll always be remembered for the greatest Super Bowl upset, right? Super Bowl three, the great upset of all upsets. At this point, it would be a bigger upset if the Jets don't wind up with the first overall pick. That's how bad they are. I mean, they would be more competitive by forfeiting. If you forfeit a game in the NFL, the score goes in as 2-0. You lost 2-0. Do you seriously think the Jets are going to be within two points of winning any game this year? Honestly. Do you think the Jets will be within two points of winning a single game this year? Because I don't. How, bar- how bad are they? Worse. Worse than what? Worse than whatever you're imagining. If you had to describe it to somebody who just came down from Earth. Well, these, these Jets, why, uh, why are they so... What, they're, they're bad? Oh, yeah, they're bad. <laughs> they're bad, buddy. And now, next week, apparently now they're going to be playing the Dolphin game next week. And those were the two games, right? Because you usually throw out the records when the Jets and Dolphins get together. I want to throw out the game altogether, not just the score. (laughs) I mean, you would think that that would be one of the two games. Sunday against Arizona was one where you thought, all right, maybe they might be able to get a win. That you thought that maybe until the game actually started. And the Dolphins would be the other team on their schedule. You say, all right, maybe. The Dolphins just went to San Francisco and beat the Niners 43-17. to And that's the team that you lost to a couple of weeks ago. I think the final score was a billion to five. So another coach was fired yesterday. Dan Quinn fired by the Falcons. And yet somehow Adam Gase just keeps on keeping on. Mainly because the Jets practices are just so strong. I would I would simply suggest it's because they're practicing against the Jets. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So look, the poll question today, I couldn't really focus on the Jets or the Giants. Maybe, maybe it should be what's worse, the fact that the Yankee season is over or the Jets and Giants season is just beginning. But I went back to the Yankee well because this is probably the last time we're going to be really focused on them for a while. So on Saturday, we kind of broke it down. And coming up, we'll, we'll get into the Yankee season ending because I know it's a different audience and everything else. But the Yankee season being over, eliminated by the Rays back on Friday. So what stage of grief would you say best describes where Yankee fans find themselves? And the four that we went with was A, anger. B, denial. Denial would be, well, you know what? They came close. They're, they're just on the cusp. Like You hear the Yankees, Aaron Boone, right? Eventually we're going to break through. It's going to make it all that much sweeter. I would say that Aaron Boone might be in a little bit of denial. Would you say that they find themselves in C, bargaining? Bargaining in a sports sense would be the season ends. And if you're in bargaining, what you do is immediately after the season is over, you say, well, what we have to do is we've got to sign JT Real Muto. 
we have to go out and uh, sign Trevor Bauer, and we have to trade for Francisco Lindor. That's that's what bargaining is in a sports sense. And then finally, the last one would be a, a D acceptance. D acceptance. I didn't uh, I didn't include depression. I, to me, depression and anger are all the same thing. So though, that's the poll question. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Dammer. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved. We'll recap the end of the Yankee season, which is so crystal clear what happened and what went wrong that it's still strange to me that people are, even now, even after it just happened, that they're, they're, they're screwing it all up in terms of what, they, what they're identifying as being the problem. Yes, the Rays take game one of the ALCS last night. 2-1 over the Astros. So that's good to see. I don't know what you might be thinking. Well, are you rooting for the Rays, Gordon? They just beat you. Well, what other choice do I have? As I said on Saturday, if Satan, Satan came up from the pits of hell, and for some reason, when he got to earth, he, he created a baseball team, I would be rooting for the hellfire or whatever they were, the devils or the Beelzebubs, whatever they were called. I would be rooting for them in the ALCS rather than Houston. Satan is the personification of evil in the spiritual world. In every other sense, the personification of evil is the Houston Astros. So, yes, I am rooting for the Rays because I don't want the Astros getting to the World Series, even though I have money with FanDuel. I bet before the season that the Astros would win the World Series just to give myself, if if the worst thing in the world ever happened, at least I'd make some money on it. Even then, I don't want the money. I'd rather ha- I'd rather be happy. But I'm not allowed to be happy, obviously. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. And our poll question up for today is focused on the Yankees. You can uh, find it on Twitter at Gordon Damer. And I should mention, you know, NBA season's over. Congratulations to the Lakers. The baseball season for the Yankees is over. And unfortunately, the Jets and Giants season is just getting going. So I should mention, tentatively scheduled to start next Monday is the Gordon Damer Show Regal Tumble finding the greatest television show of all time. And you can, uh, if you have any more suggestions, last chance cafe here, people, you can tweet me at Gordon Damer, hashtag Regal Tumble, whatever your suggestion is. And yes, we already have a lot of the, think outside the box. If you have an outside the box one, please throw it in the, throw it in the hopper. All right, so the Yankee season ended on Friday, lost to the Rays. And we did the show Saturday to kind of pour through it all. Now, look, I am not a believer in the theory that if the Yankees don't win the World Series every single season, it's a failure. I don't think that that's the case every year. I think that's ridiculous. That said, this year was a failure. There's no other way to look at it. The reason that the Yankees lost also is easy to see. It was a do-or-die Game 5. And your offense, the one big advantage that you had in the series, or should have had in the series... Scored one run. You got three hits. And you might be able to, if this were an isolated incident, you might be able to chalk this up to, you know, strange year, strange things happen in a baseball game. You don't want to make any judgments based simply on the small sample size. Well, at this point, it's not a small sample size anymore. The offense let them down again. And it has largely been the problem over the last four years. So that's the problem. The problem is easy to identify. It's crystal clear as long as you're looking for what the actual problem is. So as I said on on Saturday, the problem, easy to see. The fix, 
That's tougher. Identifying what the fix will be is going to be really, really hard, mainly because you only have nine spots in the order. And there's not a whole lot that you can switch, right? Like we all want DJ LeMahieu back. You think the level of anger is, is high now. If the Yankees ever did not re-sign DJ LeMahieu, it would be off the charts. So, yeah, DJ LeMahieu, Judge, Stanton, they're not going anywhere. Hicks is signed for, what, another five years? Don't think he's going anywhere. Gio Urshela was fantastic for the most part and has been, so I don't think he's going anywhere. Glaber Torres, you might have some issues with him at shortstop, but there's nowhere else for him. If you're bringing back DJ LeMahieu, where are you putting Glaber? He's going to play shortstop. And I think that despite his issues at shortstop, I think that those are correctable. Void at first base? I, I Look, if you're looking for spots, I know he was the, had the most home runs this year, but that's I, I, there's not all the, the previous ones. None of those are changing, I don't think. So then really you come down to, to, to left field and catcher. And I don't think that the fix is going to be JT Real Muto. I don't think signing a 30-year-old catcher to some big money deal, even assuming that the Yankee budget was not going to decrease, is the right way to go. The other problem is, is there are, there's going to be enough other changes that you're going to have to fix on the other aspects of the team. The starting rotation, Cole, Severino, Devi, uh, who else? Clark Schmidt? I don't know. Tanaka I don't think is coming back. I don't think that they probably should bring him back. Happ is definitely not coming back. And Paxton's probably not coming back. And throw into the mix, the bullpen needs to be reworked, right? You had three guys, basically, out of all of them that you could, you could trust. So the reason that the Yankees lost is crystal clear. The fix is very tough to identify how you, you will now improve it so that the team actually does score runs in big games in the postseason. But each and every day I hear different reasons for why the Yankees lost. That's completely not true. The Yankees did not lose because of their home run or nothing approach. The Rays had the exact same approach, and they won. And we had the stat from uh, Katie Sharp in the postseason this year. I don't know what the actual number is now. I'd have to go up and update it. But at the time on Friday, teams that out-homer their opponents in the playoffs, 22-1. and So they did not lose because of the home run or nothing approach. You have to hit home runs. You can't. Yankees had three hits in Game 5. You're now going to string all those hits together? No, apparently not. They did not lose the series based on the Game 2 pitching decision. I keep hearing people bring that up. The series was not decided by that. That was a stupid decision. It was terrible. Didn't help. But you did not lose because of it. People said that after Game 3. Well, you know, they lost the series because of that. They said it after Game 2. Oh, well, that's going to change. They didn't say it so much after Game 4. That, that that talking point kind of went away after Game 4. And then once they lost in Game 5, yeah, you know what? I think they lost it because of Game... Come on. Come on. Stop. Don't think outside the... Sometimes, sometimes just take the base hit to center, right? Like, sometimes it's an easy thing to identify. And no, Game 2 was not it. Also, they did not lose the series because of Aaron Boone. They did not lose Game 5 because of Aaron Boone. He did not screw up that game. He managed it correctly. Chapman screwed up the game. Chapman should have been in the game at that point. In that kind of game, a 1-1 game with not many options in the bullpen, you kind of reverse engineer it, right? You don't save the closer to the ninth inning if the game's in jeopardy in the sixth inning. So you go get the best guys and you bring them in in that spot, hoping that the offense is eventually going to break through. And then by the time you get to the ninth inning, maybe you have a 3-1 lead. 
Didn't happen. That said, Boone is not an advantage. And the Yankees, who consider themselves the Yankees, deserve every advantage they can get. Now, there's there's obstacles to be able to get the best players, the best pitchers. There shouldn't be that many obstacles to go get a manager who is an advantage in the dugout. Plus, when you made that switch, when Brian Cashman decided that that was the way to go, that switch was, I think, designed to get this group or to get that group to another level. There's no other way to say it. It has not happened. You know, after 95, it was not a popular decision to move on from Buck Showalter. But it was the right decision. Yankees have to find the moves that can make that jump because, like it or not, the window's closing, man. The, the window does not, even, not for the, even for the Yankees, the window does not stay open forever. You know, the Yankees made the playoffs this year because the change in the format. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. So I, I don't want to seem all doom and gloom. You know, anytime the Yankees lose, people make it out like they're forever flawed, right? You, well, you know, the reason the Yankees didn't win is because they're not like so-and-so. They're not like the Rays. They're not... You lost by a run in Game 5. It's not insurmountable. But the fixes, the areas that needed to be fixed or need to be fixed are clear. What those fixes are, not so easy to identify. 1-800-919-ESPN, one 800 919 uh, seven six. All right, let's get some calls in. Matt is in Queens. Matt, go, my man. Good morning. Well, I have a new theory about football. Okay. There's no such there's no such thing as developing a quarterback into a really good or a Hall of Fame quarterback. It doesn't exist. The only thing the coach and the coach and the team can do is if they get one of these guys, is not screw him up. There's no such thing as taking a guy with average skills and making him into a Hall of Fame player. It just it doesn't exist. Nobody coached Pat Mahomes into doing what he can do. They put good players around him. They call maybe good plays, but they didn't coach him into these skills. Nobody coached Aaron Rodgers how to throw the football. He came in. He already knew how to throw the football. What they did was they put a good system around him. So the idea of drafting a quarterback at two or three, unless the guy is a sure Hall of Famer like a Peyton Manning, and then having a quarterback whisper a coach is ridiculous. You need a coach who can develop an entire system around the player, which includes the defense because you need a defense to win in the NFL. But the idea of taking a quarterback at number three who, yeah, well, you know, we're going to develop him into a Hall of Fame player or a really, really good quarterback, no. No, it, it never happened, and it never will happen. I don't know. I mean, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think that if he were put into another spot, he would have been, you know, it, it wasn't just about not screwing him up. Joe Flacco played – Joe Flacco – no, I didn't say that you can only win a Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame quarterback. They have no, a Hall I, of I know, Fame I know defense that. to go with Joe Flacco. But what I'm saying is you cannot make a, an average quarterback – into a Hall of Fame level player, it, it just it doesn't exist. You well, Hall of I, but guy. look, do you re, do you need a Hall of Fame level player to to have a, a a franchise quarterback? Well, many times you do, but I mean, you can have a you can have a good team, you can have a fine team with a guy who's you know a regular or better than average quarterback if you've got some great players around him. But that goes back to what I say: don't waste your time trying to do, with a coach who's supposedly a quarterback whisperer who's going to make a guy into a great quarterback. No, you need a guy who can develop a whole system and surround the guy with really good players so your average quarterback can be above average. But as far as 
taking a guy who's just like, you know, looks good in college, but, you know, there's nothing really to say he's like a Hall of Fame player, like a Peyton Manning, let's say, and you're going to make him into a Hall of Fame player? No, that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, look, I, I think, Matt, and thanks for the call, I think it is more difficult, obviously. Um, I, I think the NFL, though, is a coach's league. And there's a reason why there are coaches like Andy Reid. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is fantastic and has every – he's like if you were to create someone in a lab, he would be the guy, right? Mobility, rocket arm, all these different types of things. Um, but there are situations that he could have gone to that I don't think – would. I think he went to the perfect situation as well. Uh, I think that it's a combination of things. So, yeah, I mean, look, you have to be surrounded by talent. And I agree with you that I think that whenever a team goes looking for a coach, the idea of getting a coach who's great X's and O's and he's going to develop the quarterback, and that was the, that was the goal of the Jets. That was the only goal that most fans even wanted out of the next coach when they hired Adam Gase was just develop the quarterback. Just No, it has to be about being, I think, a leader of men and someone who has a grasp on the entire, the whole thing. Right. Anytime anything goes wrong for the Jets defensively, does anybody really blame Adam Gase? No, they blame Greg Williams. I mean, it's like I, I've said it before. I think he has really the easiest job in terms of what is actually put at his doorstep in the NFL. It's just to develop the quarterback, and obviously that's not gone well. <laughs> not gone well. Uh, let's go to uh, Jim in Jersey. Jim, go, my man. Good morning, Gordon. Hey, man. Hey, I was watching this movie the other day uh, on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, perfectly uh, a league of, of a league of their own is pretty good. Uh-huh. I got, I think I got one that surpasses it. Okay, less than zero, less than zero for the Jets. Yeah, that def- that definitely does describe the Jets. Yeah. I mean, whatever you think, Ramadan whatever your level of expectation is every Sunday, they somehow yeah, are less even below than zero. That. Yeah, you got right. it. Thanks, Thank Jim. You. All right, man. Thanks for the call. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven. There's a lot of movie titles. A lot of movie titles for the Jets, and none of them are good. None of them are good, boy. That's a movie. You know, there's sometimes there's movies that are great movies, and you just can't watch them a second. T- like Deer Hunter, Deer Hunter, great movie, not exactly a feel good film, right? Like you're not gonna sit down and ooh, Deer Hunter's on again. Let me watch that. Yeah, the Jets, they're they're not a great film, and you definitely don't want to. And sometimes it could be the opposite, right? It's a bad movie, but you like watching it again. The Jets are n- neither, 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 nor. <laughs> That nasty compound fracture in his right leg is back out here to play quarterback in the National Football League. But first, we'll get the two-minute warning. A highly anticipated moment. Alex Smith back under center in a moment. All right, that call courtesy of Fox. Alex Smith getting back on an NFL field yesterday for the Washington football team. Very inspiring, after all, if you ever followed that story about the compound fracture a couple of years ago. Almost lost his leg. Never mind playing again. So uh, great. to uh, We actually had something inspiring for the moment of inspiration. Wow, what a concept, huh? Now, unfortunately for Alex Smith, he did take the field again for the Washington football team. So that the getting on the field was the – and I, not that I was focused on that game a lot. But I was kind of like, just kind of, I had the octo box going on for a little while. And as soon as he got on the field, you're thinking, you're saying, oh, good for him. But then like shortly afterwards, I'm like, oh God, please don't let, please don't let the poor guy get hurt again. Right? Like that, especially going up against that Rams defense. I think Aaron Donald had like five sacks yesterday or something like that. So your moment of inspiration 
for this Monday morning. And God knows we need it after the Yankees season ends and even worse, the Jets and Giants season continues. But we've taken your phone calls at 1-800-919-ESPN. The poll question up for today focused on the Yankees on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. But we started it last week, and I felt like it was just such a strong segment. that, And it sounds like diff- it's a different-sounding segment than anything else you will ever hear on uh, this station or any other. But every show has their power rankings, NFL power rankings, which are generally meaningless, but are good fun. Well, we don't have power rankings on this show because while other shows are determining who's the best is it the Ravens? Is it the Seahawks? That crazy win on Sunday Night Football? Is it still the Chiefs? We here on this show are all about who's the worst. So we have our poop rankings. Brian, hit the music. All right. The poop rankings for this week. We rank the worst five teams in the NFL. And we do it properly. We don't do one through five. We do five through one. That's the way you have to, you have to unveil as you go. Coming in at number five. Well, five is the accurate number because they are now 0-5. Your New York football giants. Yes. Yeah, they're number five. They've, they've, they've lifted themselves all the way. I think last week they were number two. This week, number five. Decent showing, as I said in the open. If you could ever keep track of moral victories and then somehow transfer a certain number of moral victories into an actual victory, well, then they very well might win the NFC East this year. You, you probably only need like five or six actual victories to win it. So I think the Giants will eventually win a game. Obviously, it did not happen on Sunday. But at 0-5, even at 0-5, the Giants, number five in the poop rankings. There you go. All right, number four in the uh, poop rankings, the Atlanta Falcons. You wondered how they would respond this week. Season on the line, coach's job on the line, facing off against the Panthers, and you got an answer how they would respond, and they didn't. They didn't respond. They lost again, so they are also now 0-5, and Dan Quinn, out, GM, out. So they're going to have a season where, uh, you know, it's going to be a lost season. We'll see how they respond next week. It can't be any worse than how they responded this week. But the Atlanta Falcons, number four in the poop rankings. Number three in the poop rankings. Well, we mentioned what a great story it was, Alex Smith getting back on the field yesterday. On the flip side is everything else. The Washington football team, they're they're just dreadful. And think about it. They benched the quarterback. They used the 11th pick in the draft 17 months ago to trot out Kyle Allen yesterday. I mean, could you talk about a more dysfunctional organization than the Washington football team? Boy, oh boy, that's pretty bad. So, the Washington football team comes in at number three in the poop rankings. Number two. Now this, this is going to surprise some people. Number two in the poop rankings are the New York Jets. The Jets are only number two. I know. This is going to shock you. But on Sunday, Joe Flacco got the start. Shockingly, it did not go any better. You know, people keep saying that the Jets' offense is not very productive. While I was watching the game, I took that time, while the Jets had the ball on offense, to clear out my belly button limit. And it was quite productive. At least I got something done. Far more than the Jets' offense did. And at this point, I don't know, when when does the schedule for next year come out? Because at this point... That's the schedule you should be looking at for the Jets to see where the win is going to come. 
because they're not getting any this year. But they're only number two. How is it possible? Gordon, you, 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 every Monday you just, just destroy the team. Even worse than they get destroyed on the field. But yet there's something worse than the Jets? Yes, there is. Number one on the poop rankings for a second week. Also the New York Jets. Yes! They're so bad. They take up two spots on the poop rankings. That's how bad they are. As far away as they are on the scoreboard, that's how far away they are from everyone else in the NFL. So there you go. For the second week in a row, your number one and number two team. Last week, they were only number one. So Debbie was actually correct, and I I didn't talk to her about it. There is a tie. It's the Jets. They're one and two. That's how bad they are. All right, that's going to do it for Poop Rankings for this week. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Look, I don't know how we follow up calls after. I, that is just a fantastic segment. I feel like we should be tweeting that out just in, on, its, on its own merits, the Poop Rankings. But I don't know how we, uh, we could possibly go to a call and expect it to live up to that. But let's try. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Greg is in East Meadow. Greg, what's going on, my friend? That's there how you, you go. That up. Listen, that is really tough. You took the words right out of because I didn't say Gordon. That's really tough to follow up. Um, listen, we should only wish that pitching was the Yankees' problem because then it would be a lot more identifiable who who should stay, who should go. Right. Given the fact that it's the offense, it's virtual. It's it's almost impossible to figure out where it's going wrong. I mean, you know, we know why it's going wrong, but it's the where it's going wrong. That that is the true problem here. Who who's to blame? Which play you know? Which players do you finger here and say this guy's got to go? That guy's got to go? It's it's oh my god! It's I don't even know what you call it. It's just virtually impossible to put your finger on it. It's it's really unidentifiable. But it's something that's been going on for the last four years. You know that I'm totally on board with you know what your thought process because we had these discussions over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It is definitely the offense. Put away games one through four. Put away game two, all the shenanigans and blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is, is you went into game five, you had to win a game, your pitchers gave up two runs, and, of course, who the hell trusts Chapman, but that's another story for another day. But your pitching gave up two runs and you lost two to one, that is all on your offense. And, by the way, if you watched that game with your eyes open and really paid attention, and I'm sure you did, this is a team – that over and over again, and you heard me complain about this last year, they miss middle-middle more than any other team I've ever seen. They get so many pitches right down the pipe that are like, you would normally say, wow, a major league hitter should have smashed that ball. Either they don't move the bat off their shoulder or they swing through it. And by the way, they had a pitch that could have put them up 2-1. It was probably the best pitch that they were going to see in the eighth or ninth inning. It was a spinner that sat right there for Ford, and he missed it. It was a spinner that was right there, dead center, 89-mile-an-hour spinner, floating up to the plate, didn't move right there. That You can rest assured, a Ray would have popped that into the seats. He he missed it. And that was the story of the game. The Yankees missed a bunch of pitches, and the Rays hit the couple that they needed to win the game. And that's that's what I say. There's, There's something... 
wrong with this team. They 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 don't have winning DNA. They have losing DNA, and that's and, that, and you know what? And as a Yankees fan, I hate to say it, but that's just how I see it. And I'm with you as well. I don't want to root for the Rays, but you have to root for the Rays. Oh you God! Cannot yeah, have, there's no you other cannot no, have. Yeah. You cannot have Houston going or winning the World Series because that would be oh my God moment. Ugh, All right, Gordon. No. Yeah. Later. All right, Greg. Thanks for the call. Yeah. No. I mean, you can't. You can't root for Houston. I mean, you have no other choice. And to be honest with you, it's not even like well, you know what? Let the Astros win this, and then whoever is in the National League, let them win. I don't have any faith in the Dodgers or the Braves to beat whoever comes out of the American League. Maybe they will. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to get to that stage. No, you have to. You have to root for the Rays. And look, it's not even. It's not even that it's impossible to to point a finger at this guy or that guy. So many of the guys are going to be back next year. I mean, there's not. I mean, unless they pull off some kind of unexpected deal. I mean, again, who are you moving on from? They're not trading Glaber. They re. You have to hope that they re-sign Lemayhew. I mean, that's the. If they didn't re-sign him, oh my God, that would be a disaster. Judge is not going anywhere. So really, you're left with two spots where you might be able to to figure out a way. And that move that Greg brought up about bringing in Mike Ford in the eighth, I mean, it didn't turn out to be that way. But if that game if that game had gone to extra innings and Gary Sanchez is behind the plate, you, you know it's just a matter of time before there's going to be a play involving him. To bring, to bring that, that whole move, pinch hitting for Higashioka, Using Mike Ford to do it. Mike Ford had not had a hit since August and had hit all of two home runs the whole year. And then add on to that fact, you're going with a less than optimal defensive replacement behind him. You would have been better off just going with Sanchez. At least give him three swings. Maybe he connected on one. He has a far better chance, even with his terrible numbers, than Mike Ford. Oh, my God. That was terrible. We talked about the uh, Giants and the Jets. We talked about the Yankee season ending. Big moment of inspiration with uh, Alex Smith. Our poop rankings. Incredible. And uh, look, the football, as I said in the open, I don't know what's more depressing. That the Yankee season is over or that the Jets and Giants season is really just beginning. Because that those two are, and at least the Giants have the benefit of not being the Jets. The Jets, they're by far the worst. They are by far the worst. The Giants at least show you individual things during the game. Now, a lot of those individual things yesterday got wiped out by penalty. Two penalties, it seemed like they were kind of ticky-tack, if not completely made up. But that's the way it goes. Now 0-5 and 0-5, and just more games to come. And it's really, as I said, the Jets will always be known for the upset in Super Bowl three. But at this point, it would be a bigger upset if the Jets don't. I, we have run it through the algorithm, and the Jets now up to a whopping 79% chance odds at getting the number one overall pick. It's almost it's becoming a, a certainty. Any other team's path to victory is narrowing very, very quickly. So that's the story with the Jets. They're horrible every single solitary week. The Giants slightly less so, and the Yankee season is over. The poll question focused on the Yankees. You can vote on that on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. All right, let's squeeze a couple more calls in here before we get out of here. Lewis is in Whippany. Lewis, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm, I'm hey, uh, listen, before I forget, I keep, keep forgetting to tell you that you should watch the show uh, Utopia on Amazon. You know, I'm watching The Boys right now, and that is a, it's a very, very good show. I don't know how it's going to end. I'm a little worried about that, but at least so far, it's, it's a very good binge-watchy, smart kind of take on things. So I like it okay. so far. But, yeah, Utopia is on the list. Yeah, okay, okay. Also, listen, um, you know, 
uh, after yesterday's uh, injury to Dak, you know, obviously everyone runs to uh, Twitter and, you know, they want to kind of say their thing. And, man, the amount of mis- misguided, like, anger towards Jerry Jones, it's, it's insane. You know, the guy, it's football. You know, they, they gave Dak a contract. Dak gambled himself. It didn't work out, obviously. And, you know, it, it sucks what happens. But the fact that people are going to sit there and, and try to blame the guy for something that happened on the football field, it, it, it's ridiculous. Um, obviously, it, it breaks your heart seeing a grown man cry, especially when yeah. No, it was, was a tough. It was a tough watch. No question. Yeah, I mean, it really it's not, I don't think. I mean, look, I'm not a doctor. I don't think it's a career-threatening injury. It's 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 terrible for him right now because he's going into you know a contract year and everything else. But I didn't get the sense that uh, it's going to be something that's going to linger once well, the bone heals. Well, yeah, it's not. But you know. We all know, like you know, I know. We all know that they're gonna hold that over him. Oh, well, no, you're injured, blah blah. This and that. We can't give you a bigger contract. But you know, like you said, Dad gambled on himself. He they gave him a contract. He didn't right. want. He thought it was worth more. And you know, it it, it sucks that like, that happened to him. But real quick, uh, I was nervous for um for uh, oh my god, how did I just blink his name? Alex Smith. I mm. was nervous for him. I was definitely nervous for him when uh, Aaron Donald was like on his back like a backpack. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, he's late. Uh, yeah, that's not – I mean, it's it's great. And, Lewis, thanks for the call. We've got to run yep. here. Um, it's great that he's able to get back out on the field. Uh, once he got there, though, ooh, it's still football, right? I mean, uh, the, the, he's putting a lot of faith in that in that injury having healed. And it's great that he – considering what he went through. But uh, I, I know if it were me, the first time that uh, somebody – it has to be on your mind, right, that, that you're going to have the same injury again. All right, that's going to do it for today, but we'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.